0: Welcome once again to Calvary Apostolic Ministries. We're going to continue with our series, Jonah the Disobedient Servant. In the previous video, that's video number three, I gave you a good synopsis of the book of Jonah. Now, on this video, I'm going to talk about why I believe as servants of God, as ministers of God, we've got to come to the conclusion, yes, Jonah's experience in the belly of the whale, being there three days and three nights, is a type and a shadow of what Jesus experienced in Sheol, in Hades. Yes, we must come to the conclusion that him being spewed out of the belly, of the whale and given a second chance is a type of the resurrection. Now, all that is sound, that typology is sound. The events are are, 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 are are in a sense type, a type and a shadow. But when you consider Jonah as a person, in no way is he a type of Jesus Christ as a person. And I feel As I've read many, many, many uh, 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 books on, on, on Jonah, that too many men of God say that Jonah is a type of Jesus Christ. Jonah, his experience in the belly of the whale, that is the type. But no more than that. Jonah had shortcomings. Jonah had failure in his life. Jonah, in so many ways, is far removed from Jesus Christ, his perfection, his his perfect ministry, etc., etc. And I feel that if we continue teaching that Jonah is a type of of Jesus Christ, then it, it, it might just be sad that we'll pick up some of the bad habits of Jonah. Now, what I'm going to teach now and preach now, rather what I'm going to preach and teach now, is my personal meditation and study. And I believe that God had spoken to me. Now, as a listener of God's Word, as a fellow minister, as a child of God, you have the right to disregard what I say. You have the right to refute what I say. You need not agree with what I'm going to preach and teach now. But... I ask you, please, my brother and my sister and my fellow minister, please, before you judge my preaching, pray about what I'm going to preach. Then after you prayed and you listened to it, then you meditate on the thoughts that I believe that God has given me. And I believe with all my heart, This is a word that the Spirit is saying to the church, and we've got to incline our ear, because if we continue with this gross mistake, then I'm sad to say we're going to put on Jonah and not put on Jesus. And my aim and my purpose in my life is not my ministry. I thank God for the call that God has given me, how that He could take me a foolish thing from this world, And make me to be his servant. I'm amazed how that God could make me a minister. But my ministry is not the ultimate plan and will of God for my life. The ultimate will and plan for my life is that I be conformed to the image of God's son. Amen. That's why we are born again. That's why we are baptized into Jesus. That's why we are died into his nature. That when we come up of our born again experience, we we are put on the nature of Christ. And that's why we are baptized into the spirit of God. Not just to speak in tongues, but not just to witness, but that the spirit of God might give us power to live and behave and act like Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Glory to God. So as I teach this, that in no way Jonah is a type of Jesus Christ. Please, please don't see it as me, a, a, a man like Jonah who has fallen short. Do, don't see it for one moment as me attacking the servant of God. No, no. I am bringing to you what I believe the Spirit of God has brought to me. I must admit, I cannot point a finger at Jonah. Because just as he had fallen short in various ways, so have I fallen short in various ways. Remember when Ian taught on judgment? I said there, when you point a finger, when you accuse, your thumb points to heaven, and your three fingers point back to you, I might just be three times worse than Jonah. So I'm not in any way trying to defame Jonah. No, no, no. I want to chew the meat and throw away the bones. I want to base my lifestyle, my character on him who is perfect, that being Jesus Christ. I don't want my ministry to be likened unto Jonah. I want my ministry to be likened unto Christ, where I'm controlled, motivated, and compelled by compassion and not judgment. So let us go into the study. And I trust after you prayed and after you listened and after you meditated and sought the faith of the Lord that you would apply the teaching that the Lord has laid upon my heart. Amen. Now, praise His wonderful name. Let me get the right page now. Amen. Amen. Now, let me drive home what I feel the Lord has laid upon my spirit. And like I said early on, you need not agree with it. Let me just reiterate Jonah's experience and that Jonah is a type of the resurrection. However, ever Jonah as a person, an individual, is not a type of the person of Jesus Christ. And let me give you what I believe is the spirit of God saying to me and through me. I prayed about it, I meditated, sought the face of the Lord, and this is what I believe God has laid upon my heart. Number one, the meaning of Jonah's name. The name means dove. Amen. And it speaks of gentleness and peace. It is said that a dove is easily entreated, but also easily retreated. Let me give you the classic example of it, right? And I'm going to test, uh, 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 Ian, come stand by me, Ian. Now, don't knock it, don't knock it, Ian. Come stand by me. I'm going to ask you a question. What's that? And I'm illustrating how that a dove can be easily entreated and also easily retreats. There are 10 white doves on the washing line. Right? You have doves on the washing line? Yes, 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 right? And I've got my pallet gun, my slug gun. Right? Wait, 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 wait. And I take my aim. And I shoot the first dove. How many are left? From the ten. Nine. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Right? So according to Brother Ian, according to Brother Ian, When there are ten doves on the washing line, and I, Joe, take my slug gun, my pallet gun, and I pop it, and I shoot one dove, kill it, and it drops to the floor, he says there'll be nine doves left. While according to me, there'll be none, because the noise will chase them all away. They fly away. So what am I saying? Doves are easily entreated, and they easily retreat as well. Why would you shoot a dove? I'm just giving an illustration, right? I don't mean anything by it yet. Now, the meaning of the name Jonah speaks of a dove, gentleness. Okay. Jesus, the name of Jesus, speaks of one who rescues others, a savior, a redeemer. Now, I've always taught, that names are important, they are imperative, they are vital, because often they carry a spirit. Names contain certain characteristics of a personality. If that be the case, I ask you the question, Jonah meant a dove, gentle, compassionate, peaceful, blah, blah, blah. Did Jonah in any way live up to his name? Was Jonah, though, a prophet of God? Was Jonah a prophet of God? Did he in any way, yes, he spoke the mind of God, but in, in any way, was he a gentle person? No. He was vindictive and vengeful. That many was unforgiving, resentful, bitter, and merciless. Now, let us consider the name of Jesus. And the word Jesus, uh, the Septuagint form, uh, uh, is taken from the word Joshua Jesus. And if you do a study on the root words Hosea, uh, Yeshua, and Olah, it, it means one who rescues, one who saves, one who plucks people away from impending danger. So I ask you the question: Did Joseph? Uh, did Jonah live up to the meaning of his name? Most. Definitely not. Did Jesus live up to the meaning of His name? Yes. Jesus has rescued you and I from the horror of evil. He plucked us out from the brand of the burning. He has shut the gates of hell to you and I. He has rescued you and I from the powers of darkness. So, first and foremost, when you do a word study on the names of Jonah and the, and the name of Jesus, there's no similarity whatsoever. There's no typology to be found whatsoever. Jonah is no type of Jesus Christ whatsoever. Let me give you the second point why I believe we cannot consider Jonah as a type of Jesus. Jonah was disobedient. He ran away from the will of God. He purposely chose not to do the will of God. Yes, listen to me carefully. Jonah was a prophet, but Jonah lacked that which makes a prophet great in the sight of God and great in the sight of God's people. And that, not just as a prophet having the mind of God, but as a prophet also having a servant's heart. Success in ministry is not based upon what you declare as such, although it comes from God. But what makes you to be great in the sight of God is having a servant's heart. In other words, your mind does not dictate to you. Your mind doesn't control you. Your love for God And your compassion for people, regardless whether they know God or not, regardless whether they turn their heart on God or not, your heart, your love goes out to them. You see, a servant's heart is greater than the office of a ministry. And in our modern day, everyone is an apostle. Everyone is a prophet. They glory in their ministry. Brother, stop this foolish glorying. Glory in the fact that you have a servant's heart. Amen. Now, I said that we must emulate Jesus Christ. A servant has no mind of his own, he must do the bidding of his master. Yes, Jesus was a prophet. Amen. Did Jesus have? a servant's heart? Let's turn to Philippians. Amen. And read it there. Philippians. It speaks of in chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. How that Jesus was equal with the Father. But what He done, He emptied Himself of his own, of his own, of his glory, of his power, and he became a servant, obedient even unto the death of the cross. Jesus became a servant, he was equal with God. Not only was he equal with God, but he was God, but he was willing to become a servant. Amen. He put on the will of God, and that is so so important. Amen. Jesus Honored his father, Amen. Then Hebrews chapter ten verse seven, and Psalm so the psalmist also says, "Then said I, I come in the volume of the book; it is written of me, Amen." Hebrews says it this way, ten seven. Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book; it is written of me to do the will of God, Amen. That's a servant. A servant, a true servant, never, never debates with the master, never, never argues with the master, never tells the master what to do, never disagrees with the master's orders. All they do is follow the master's orders. And remember, Jesus said, I delight to do thy will. Yes, Jesus saw the will of God. No wonder he cried. Uh, in the Garden of Eden, God removed this cup, God removed this cup, God removed this cup, but God, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Jesus delighted in the will of his father. Did Jonah delight in the will of his father? Did Jonah delight in the will of God? God said, Go, but he ran. God said, Go south, he went north. God said, Go east, he went west. He completely Disobey god thirdly thirdly why i believe that we cannot in any way see jonah as a type of jesus the perfect the perfect man of god jonah's actions led to the impoverishment of the mariners they threw all their cargo overboard they lost their livelihood they lost their wealth where was their well, it was in the cargo. Now, I know as well as you know, I don't think for one moment in those days did they have any insurance. So if you lost the cargo, the cargo which you had to deliver, and you came there with no cargo, you would have to pay out of your pocket to cover the cost of the cargo. They lost it. They, oh yes, the life was saved and thank God for that. Now, when Jesus comes into the life of the unsaved, and as the unsaved turn to God, their lives are not impoverished in no way. The Bible tells us that not only does Jesus give us eternal life, but He gives us the abundant life. John 10 speaks of it. The thief comes to rob, destroy, and to kill, but Jesus has come to give life, and that more abundantly. Jesus enriches our lives. Honour and dignity is given to us. Amen? So in no way are we impoverished. Amen? Then fourthly, Jonah, as a prophet of God, did not always set the good godly example for the unsaved. Instead of Jonah guiding the mariners to a sense of spirituality, they, the unsaved, had to guide him to spirituality. Now the words of the captain of the ship: What do you mean, O sleeper? Arise, call on your God. Perhaps your God will consider us, so that we may not perish. You were heathen. You was Jonah down under. You went down. You went down. You went down. Fast asleep, and and, an ungodly man comes and says, Why don't you pray? Why don't you seek the face of your God? Maybe God will help us. Maybe God will show you why. It's sad. It's sad. It's sad when the ungodly has to call upon us to be spiritual. They don't set the pace for us. We set the pace for them. They are not our ensembles. We are their ensembles they don't guide us to the lord we guide them to the lord and how in the world can this man be a type of jesus christ jesus always set the tone for spirituality he always said to his disciples come let us be apart for a while he was always in prayer you know the garden of gethsemane whole night prayers intercessions no wonder The apostles came to him, and they soon realized why this man was so powerful. Signs and wonders performed at the drop of a word, of a word. He spoke one word, and sometimes there was no need to to speak even. But the glory of God was manifested. They came to realize, because this man had a ministry of prayer and intercession. No wonder they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Amen. So, what I'm saying in a nutshell, don't let the unsaved entice you to spirituality for God. You and I must entice the unsaved towards spirituality, towards God. The first reason why I believe that Jonah cannot be a type of Jesus, Jonah's experience in the belly of the fish was because he told the Mariners to cast him into the sea that the storm may cease. He was there for three days and three nights. And what was he what, what, what was taking place there? He was suffering. If you read chapter two, he says, I cried, I cried twice. Jonah was in hell. His experience was as if he was in hell. He was suffering. Now. You know, the church has a weird idea of some of the the, the the theological truths. and One of the theological truths that they have a weird opinion and understanding of is that when Jesus died, He went into hell and He suffered. Oh, no. When Jesus said, it is finished, all His suffering was over. Amen? He... Paid the full price to his father for the redemption of man. He that knew no sin became sin. Now, when Jesus went into hell, it was not as in the case of Jonah going into hell, suffering. No, Jesus did not suffer in hell. Jesus suffered on the cross, but not in Sheol, not in Hades, not in hell. When Jesus said it was finished on the cross, he meant the power of Satan was broken, and it was broken. Hell, my Bible teaches me, at two two departments. He went into the dark abyss of hell, first and foremost. And he went and he took the keys of hell and death of Satan, and he stripped Satan of His power. It said that He made an open show of the enemy. He took the keys of hell and death. And immediately He locked off hell and death. Amen. Remember the teaching of King Jesus concerning Lazarus and the rich man. It speaks of the two departments there. In hell the rich man opened his eyes. And where where was the poor man found? He was found in Abraham's bosom, a place of comfort. This is the area of hell that Jesus went into. Now, he did not go there to suffer. He went there to announce his victory. All the saints who died before his death, that looked towards his coming, that believed he was the Messiah, Those all, when they carried out the animal sacrifice and they believed that the Lamb of God was yet to come, they went to that Sheol. They never went to the place of suffering. They went to Abraham's bosom. And when Jesus died and entered into hell and took the keys of hell and death from Satan, He went to Abraham's bosom, the place of comfort. Yes, they were separated from God, but this was now their deliverance because the full penalty for sin had been offered unto God the Father. He went into hell for this purpose, to set at liberty all those who died looking forward to His coming. He went into Hades not to preach, but to announce His victory. He said, I once was dead, but now I'm alive forevermore. And I have the keys of hell and death. No wonder the psalmist prophesied. No wonder Paul said he led captivity captive. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Church of God. (laughs) Jonah, yes, is a type of Jesus. But he's suffering. Three days and three nights. His suffering is not a type of Jesus spending three days and three nights in hell. Listen to me. Listen to me. What is, what is the wages of death? Or what is the wages of sin rather? Death? Yes. Did Jesus die? No, he rose. Amen. Let's go on to now the sixth reason why I believe Jonah cannot be a type of Jesus. Jonah Delighted in the impending judgment of the Ninevites. He was excited and thrilled that God was going to judge and destroy the Ninevites. Jonah was vengeful and vindictive. I'll ask you the question. Is Jesus of this nature and character? Is Jesus vengeful and vindictive? Is Jesus bitter? Let's hear what the Word of God says. 2 Peter 3, nine. The Lord is not slack concerning His promises, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not wanting that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Amen? God is merciful. God is gracious. Amen? And whenever a man changes his attitude, Whenever a man turns his back on sin and starts walking towards God by faith, mercy, peace, grace is showered upon that man. Amen. Jesus is not vengeful, he has no delight whatsoever in the fall of a transgressor. Amen. Now, the last reason, number seven why I believe that Jonah can never, ever be a type of Jesus. Jonah was a nationalist. He only cared for his own people. I remember I spoke to you of being a South African growing up in the apartheid era. The nationalists, that government, They were only for their own people, the Afrikaner. And many people suffered at the hand of this evil system apartheid. Only for their own. Wherever we went, whites only, whites only, whites only, whites only, whites only, whites only. A word of caution to the modern day South Africa. White supremacy was evil. Black supremacy is just as evil. and sad to say this is the way South Africa is going. Amen. It seems that the black are only for the blacks. Christ does not deal that way. Christ is not a Jonah. And therefore we cannot in any way esteem Jonah to be a type of Jesus. We cannot elevate this man to that level. Never. He was vindictive, as I said earlier on, and he was a nationalist. He was for his own own people. Our Jesus is not a nationalist; he is an internationalist. I want to say it again. It sounds so good. Jonah was a nationalist. Our Jesus is an internationalist. No wonder he says, "Go into." All the world and make disciples of all men. The most famous scripture in the Bible, John 3 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The next verse For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world but to save. Too many of us, sad to say, I'm talking about us ministers as well. We've got a vision for our people. We've got a vision for our community. And even when you study the baptism into the spirit, God gives us a propulsion, a, a motivation that will take us out of our slumber of being nationalistic. And God propels us in the world. He gives us the empowerment. He says in his word, you shall be witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. I have given you several reasons why Jonah cannot be a type and a shadow of Jesus Christ. Jesus is perfect in servanthood and in ministry. Jonah was not perfect in ministry, not perfect in servanthood, nor in character. And I want to say this to you as men of God, as handmaidens of God, as the church, stop molding your life on this one, that one, anyone and everyone. You know, I listen a lot to preach the preached word, I listened to servants of God, but I've never ever mimicked. Yes, once in my life, I mimicked one man of God, and God taught me at the earliest, most earliest, most part of my ministry. I heard this man preach on, on Treblinka, uh, you know, this, uh, the 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 seven areas where where the Jewish people were annihilated during the Second World War. And I preached that sermon. And after I preached that sermon, I went home and I, and, I and I cried and I cried and I cried and I cried and I cried. And I said, God, never again will I be an echo of another man. Never ever will I be an echo of another man. God taught me. I think I was about three months saved and God taught me that. You and I, we need to mold our ministry on Christ. Amen. I'm also reminded about a church in South Africa, in the Durban area. Man, some of the guys from that church, they went to America, they were South Africans, went there for two, three weeks, and when they came back, they came back speaking as Americans. They 10 years, 20 years back from America, never ever went back there, and they're still talking like Americans, mimicking and copying. Man, David took the armor of Saul off. It was a great armor. But he said, I rather depend upon God, the God that gave me power to kill the lion and the bear I'll go the way he had called me. Faith and confidence in God. No wonder he choose five smooth, smooth stones, a type of grace. We're so quick to listen to sermons over TV, listen to these great and renowned men, God bless them. And Sunday morning comes, we preach their sermons. <laughs> Stop this, my brother. Stop this, my sister. Amen. There's nothing wrong in taking the thought from what the preacher man says and voting upon it. But don't emulate these men. Sit in the presence of God. Don't have a desire to be like this one, that one, and the other one. Have a desire to be like Jesus. Because when you desire to be like man, you will put imperfection on you. But when you desire to be like Jesus, you will put perfection on you. Let me say that again, just in case I said it wrong. When you desire to be like the servants of God, the ministers of God, you will put imperfection on you. But if you desire to be like Jesus, then you'll put perfection on yourself. God bless you. God keep you. Next week, we're going to continue with the series. Amen. And I've got to apologize once again. I promise every week to finalize these teachings, but it's so difficult. I want to, but God speaks to me. And when He speaks to me, I have to wait upon Him further. I have to pray. I have to seek His face. I've got to get His mind. I've got to get His heart. Amen so i will do my best to conclude next week on this series of jonah and thereafter continue with the baptism into the spirit i want to pray with you this morning i want you to stand i want you to ask god to lay upon your heart your ministry i want you to ask god to lay upon your heart the ministry of your friends of your colleagues that if they fall in short in these areas, that they will ask God to give them the ministry of Christ. That we will realize we must imitate Jesus, and his hard to. We should rather participate, allow Jesus to participate in our lives. Join me in prayer. Hallelujah. 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 Glory, glory, glory. Holy, holy, holy. Father, as we stand before you, we stand, O oh God, knowing full well we have faulted, we have failed. We've molded our life and our ministry on those who are imperfect. We reiterated and repeated the words of those men who had fallen short. God, we had stepped into their shoes. And no wonder, God, so often we made a mess of our character and our ministries. But God, this morning we repent. We repent, we repent. And we say to you, Father, from the depths of our inner man, we want to be like Jesus. Oh, God, I want to be like my Savior, who came in the volume of the book to do thy will, who made himself of no reputation, who laid aside his glory and his power, and became a servant even Obedient unto death. O God, a perfect man who loved the imperfect. A man who had a heart of compassion and love for the unlovable. A man that stretched forth his hand to lift up, never to put down. O God, a man that laid down his life, for the benefit of others who sought, O God, peace for all men. We want to be like Jesus. We want to be like our Savior, God. Thank you, God, we were baptized into our Savior. Our nature has been renewed. All things have passed away and behold, we have become new. And yet, though, God, we falter and fail along life's journey. But, God, you saw us in our weakness. You saw us in our sin and our failures. And that is why, God, you sent the Holy Spirit. <laughs> that is why, oh God, you sent the dove, the true dove, The ultimate dove. Ah, the gentle one of God. And you filled us with the Holy Spirit. And God, through this wonderful experience of being baptized into the Spirit of God, you have empowered us to mold our life on the perfect Son you have not just empowered our ministry, but God, you empowered our character. For your word says, you have made us loving epistles, read and known of all men. Glory to my God. Glory to God. Pour out your spirit afresh upon us today. As I wait upon you, as I muse and meditate upon your word in the weeks that lie ahead. Let your mind be fused with mine. Let your spirit be fused with my spirit. and Let my actions be fused with your actions, O God. For here unto have I been called, not just to echo the word of God, I have to echo the actions of God through my lifestyle, a living epistle. Take this study on Jonah, God, and through this study, make us men and women of God to be mighty for our God and His kingdom. And I pray this prayer in Jesus' name with much thanksgiving.